Welcome once again, Iowa innovators, educators, entrepreneurs, ecosystem builders, and anyone who's interested in finding fresh ways of doing the work they do right here in Iowa. This is the season finale, and we are excited to have you with us. This is Iowa Innovation, powered by Nuboco, where we talk to leaders in innovation, education, and entrepreneurship. I'm Dr. Jennifer Murphy. And I am not a doctor, Rob Mary. So we got to spend last week at EntreFest, which is an annual event here in Eastern Iowa, where we bring innovators, educators, tech developers, and most importantly, entrepreneurs into our area. And we have a big two-day conference. So Rob and I got to spend day one interviewing a couple of guests. And then again on day two, that'll be part two of our episode. So today we kicked it off with Dustin Rhodes, who is the CEO and founder of Ability Tech. Now, Dustin is a former Marine, and he came up with this amazing invention to help kids who don't have use of their arms or legs to actually play baseball by swinging a bat and throwing a pitch. So we're going to hear about his whole story here shortly. We're also going to chat with Emily Steele. Emily is the CEO of Hummingbirds in Des Moines. It's a company that brings together influencers and allows them to basically use their powers for good and help out their community working with area businesses. Emily is so much fun to talk to. She was part of the fall cohort for the Iowa Startup Accelerator this year. She spoke uh, at the launch night for uh, for the ISA uh, here at Entrefest. She's just a lot of fun, and we have a great conversation with her. And finally, we actually got to talk with our sponsor. So we had our sponsor, Nightmaster Good, come on and talk with us, which was amazing. We got to hear a little bit more about the behind the scenes. Well, we've been um, yammering so much on for the like past episodes about what Nightmaster Good can do. Finally, we were like, all right, get in here, explain it for us because we're sense. idiots and we just like, you know, keep winging yes. stuff. You actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. So we got to have Ryan come in and talk with us, which was super amazing. So with that, let's innovate, Iowa. Well, I am very excited to have our sponsor with us today. This is so huge. Um, we have been talking about Nymaster Good. We have been talking about all the fun things they do. We've made some lawyer jokes. They've took it with good humor. We've kind of talked them up we, on every podcast. Yes, we've, we are big fans of our friends at Nymaster Good. And so we were able to wrangle in Ryan Carter from Nymaster Good. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. Nice yeah. to put some uh, faces with your names. I've <laughs> yes. listened to all the podcasts, oh. but uh, haven't uh, haven't met you face-to-face yet, so it's yeah. nice to be here. How's your uh, Entrefest experience been so far? Have you been to Entrefest before, or is this your first one? I have. I've been, uh, I, maybe last year was my first year up in Cedar Rapids. Okay. And, well, this is a much... Yeah. There, there's a lot more people here this time. We were a hybrid last year where we had in-person and virtual sessions going on, but this year we made it you know, fully in-person. And yeah. it's been so much fun seeing so many people out and about. But if last year was your first one and this is your second, I'm, I'm curious what some of your impressions have been. We have a beautiful day in the Ped Mall in Iowa City, yes. so that's that's a big yeah. plus. I was uh, telling you before, we special ordered this weather. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. expense Appreciate spared. Yeah. yeah. Good thing we have sponsors to pay for that stuff. Because last year was a sweat fest. <laughs> yes, it was. It was hot last year. <laughs> have you been able to sit in on any of the sessions and yeah. check those out? Yeah, I've been to, um, I guess, just one. My partner spoke at a session today okay. about, he, he's a patent lawyer, just like okay. I am, and he invented and patented a software application. Ah. So his presentation today was about his journey 
of patenting his own invention. Yeah. Hmm. So it was an interesting. Yeah, session. and you know, it was. I re, so I'm on the speaker selection committee for Entrefest, and I do. I remember that session now talking about it because I don't think we've had anybody present on that topic mm-hmm. before, and it is a question that a lot of entrepreneurs or inventors, innovators tend to have. You know, so well, so many of the people that come through here in uh, the accelerator are, yeah. are they are creating prototypes of products, yeah. and yeah, I, mean, I imagine that uh, most of those things they'd have to get them patented just yeah. to protect themselves. And many of them probably have no idea how to do yeah. that. And this is not the same scale, but I got a copyright notice the other day on my dissertation that, that got published because we can't do a podcast without me mentioning I did a dissertation. But the... <laughs> Are you but a doctor? I am. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I, I had no I idea. I got a doctor last year, Rob. Wow. No, but it was... It was just so funny, that little spark of joy I got when I got that official paperwork that was That's like, great. your stuff is protected. Yeah. And I thought, God, like, this is just a paper. Like, I, you know, people who, like, have legit inventions that go out there and do that. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a rush junkie or something, but I imagine that's a really cool feeling, you yeah, know? that's cool. Well, that's it really brings cool. up a good point, though, which is that most people who are working in innovation, uh, starting a company, things like that, yeah. it might not be their first thought that yeah. they should talk to a law firm, yeah. but it's probably a good one. Yeah. Um, but that sounds scary to people like, oh, go talk to a law firm. This is going to be very yeah. involved. And, you know, yeah. but uh, what, what can you say about that as far as if somebody is starting a new business and just has questions and they don't even know what it is that they need mm-hmm. and they walk in your door, what are you going to tell them? How are you going to lead them through that process in a way that's easy to understand? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, it depends on what their business is, what their business plan is, what products or services they're planning on selling. In my world, in, in the patent world, there are a few things we need to tell them right away because because going forward with disclosing your idea to somebody else or showing it at a trade show if you do that without thinking through proper steps of protection, you can really shoot yourself in the foot and you can weaken or even eliminate any patent rights that you may have had. There are, there are certain triggers that happen when you publicly disclose or sell or offer for sale an invention. So you really need to think that through, talk it through with the lawyer, try to keep it as confidential as you can until you have a plan. And then what, you can, yeah. Cool. What's an example of, of somebody who did something, you don't have to name names obviously, but, but what's an example of somebody who thought they were doing something harmless and it turned out to really come back and bite them? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times with, with entrepreneurs and inventors, they need to, they don't have a lot of funds early on. Right. And so their first thought is, well, I need to raise funds by trying to sell some of my products or by getting investors or, you know, talking about it at the neighborhood barbecue to all my neighbors to see if there's any interest in people buying this. And all of those activities, publicly disclosing your invention in any of those ways, can can trigger a one-year trader sale bar that can prevent you from getting a patent. And wow. so a lot of times, not a lot of times, so, you know, we've had occasion where clients come into us, we sit down, we start talking about the invention, great invention, great idea. And then they say, oh yeah, we, we've been using this for two years to try to sell it or to try to see if there's any interest in it in the marketplace. And once we hear that, that it's been more than a year, then they can no longer get enforceable patent rights. Mm. Uh, and that's, you know, I think there are some really smart entrepreneurs out there though too, because there's, uh, there's absolutely been people who are like, yeah, I have an idea. And I'm like, oh great, what is it? Can't talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. 
you yes, know? And yes. I do, I applaud those people because it, my first instinct is always to tell them that's smart. Like whatever you're working on, that's smart. Like keep that. If you feel like it's gonna be something that needs to be protected, support it, protect it. Like take care of it like it's your child, sure. for sure. Yes, It's um, tough though, because legally, how would you advise someone who's trying to raise funds for something and they're like, I don't know how to raise funds for this product without basically going to potential investors and saying, this is what the product is. Here's how it works. Here's what it looks like. Um, how do they do that? How do they raise capital without breaking any of these rules that you're talking about? So confidentiality agreements can can protect the triggering of the one-year trader sale bar. So a lot of times if you do things under cover of confidentiality agreement, that'll prevent that one-year clock from starting to run. Um, that's that's probably the best way. You know, if they're if they're your partner, or if they're your affiliate, then that may not be considered a public disclosure. But the best thing is to to really think it through and and use a confidentiality agreement if the person you're disclosing the invention to is is not an affiliate or partner of yours. So, so I was just thinking, you hear like in the the criminal side of things, you know, it's like, well, you know, the husband wife kind of. Um, I don't even know the word that I'm looking for right now because I'm speaking out of any knowledge base that I remember from my criminology degree like 100 years ago. Um, but, you know, you like you, you, you do, you t sometimes you'll have thought partners and you're talking about it with them. And then it's, oh, my gosh, we have an idea, you know. And at that point, you have to make some decisions, I would imagine. And do you advise people, like, if they have an idea to come see you right away and talk it through? Or do you want it to be more mature and fleshed out? Out before they approach from a legal standpoint what's what's the criteria that we're looking for yeah, the earlier the better just to get a strategy yeah. on the table yeah. just to kind of think through your different steps and maybe you don't file a patent application right away I right. mean I'm not saying that's always the uh, the best option to file an application but to just talk it through with the lawyer you know, not only for the protection of your intellectual property, but for maybe forming an entity or hiring employees or whatever other legal issues you might have. I think yeah. it's good just to get all the issues on the table, get a strategy, and then decide which path you're going to follow. Yeah, because I mean, and that's the other thing we hear from entrepreneurs all the time. Well, I've been in business for a year. Maybe I should go talk to a lawyer about <laughs> forming a company, right? And I, that's, I feel like that's the number one question I get from small businesses when I'm working with them just as a coach is, you know, what kind of business should I form and when should I do it? And I'm just like, I'm not the person to ask, <laughs> you know, like you, my advice is go talk to a lawyer that knows how to do this and get their advice. Cause that's what I did early on in my business. I met with a lawyer and this is what I want to do. What do I need to protect and how do I need to protect it? And we had a great conversation and formed it. And this was about 12 years ago before I know Master Good existed. So I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to chat some more in our next episode. But uh, but for now, uh, just thank you so much for joining us and, yeah. and kind of walking us through a topic that, and I, I'll be totally, I'm married to an attorney and I still don't understand <laughs> a lot of this stuff. Most of the time I'm like, uh, hon, can you explain this? And, you know, and she's like, why, why haven't you, uh, why haven't you filed your taxes yet, honey? You can't do that. 
I work with people who don't do that. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, I it, but no, this, this is, I mean, like we were saying at the beginning, this is an intimidating topic, mm-hmm. uh, especially for somebody who's starting a business and they're just not really knowing what they're doing. Yeah. And so having somebody who does understand it, who can walk them through it is hugely helpful. Yeah, so, so absolutely. thank you for joining us and, and, and chatting with us about this. And we'll, we'll talk to you a little bit more, uh, on our next episode. Well, great. Well, thanks for having me guys. All right, so Dustin, say hello, introduce yourself, tell us what your company is. So I'm Dustin Rhodes and I uh, own uh, Ability Tech and the Ability Tech Foundation. And what we do is we invent adaptive technology for people with disabilities. So Dustin, where are you based? Sioux City. Okay. And uh, and how how long has uh, Ability Tech been in business? Uh, 2019. 2019, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so now you are a Marine Corps veteran. Correct. Yeah, which I love, so I think that's awesome. Even though you didn't go in the Army, I will forgive yeah. you. You can be a Marine Corps veteran. Um, and this comes from a special place for you, right? This is a passion business. You're connected to it. Tell us how you came to do this business. So our son, um, when he was born, he was born missing uh, 97% of his brain. Mm. Um, so his whole life challenges has been in in, in this field. Yeah. Uh, so from a personal standpoint, we just... Yeah. kind of went at it yeah and i know when we were we were so we met at the um, veterans entrepreneurship conference in ames a couple of days ago and just kind of sat down at the same table before dinner and we ended up with this like little party of people that got together which is yeah. kind of typical for veterans to do um but it, you have a lot of other things going on besides just the adaptive technology so tell me about some of these other things that you're working on so we got the adaptive technology. We have our nonprofit side that's got blessing bags. Um, that's a kind of a care package for parents that have yeah. kids in the hospitals. Uh, we have a we all have a voice project for nonverbal yeah. people to speak in community yeah. um, events and stuff like that. Yeah. So we're trying to change the market. Yeah. Can you can you talk more about Ability Tech as a company? What uh, what products and services you offer? So we custom build adaptive technology. So what makes us stand out is we're a company that if you have an idea for a product that will fit your need, you can come to us and we'll make it for you. Uh, You don't have to find one that will best fit you. We'll make the one that will fit you. And so you're talking about, um, for example, uh, like mobility issues, if you need help picking things up, Um, like what are, give me some examples of some of the things you've helped people with. So we have two things out currently right now, and it's more to help individuals play baseball um, so they can hit the ball or yeah, hit the ball, swing a bat or throw the ball um, that don't have the use of their hands. So like my son, he doesn't have the use of his hands. So he presses a button with his head and it can swing a bat or throw a ball. Um, we got some things in the works that are more in depth for people uh, for mobility and for hearing and different things like that. Um, so it, it, it really doesn't matter what the disability is or what you need, we'll, yeah. we'll do it. So I've been pretty fascinated by technology like this for a long time. I've done a lot of reading in particular about some of the, some of the work they're doing now with, um, with where people can use, there's things that are attached to a person's brain and, they, and it interprets brain signals so that they can move an artificial hand 
um, or things like that. And I'm just fascinated by that technology. Are you are you doing anything with that, like neural interfaces? Anything is that on the horizon for you? Maybe 20 years down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I, the stuff I've seen is all very experimental. I don't know how close yeah. we are to that actually being practically available, but it is amazing when you see the demos of it. Yeah, and, it is. and we do have a, a partnership with an, another company out there where they have a device that attaches around an eye and it uses the eye muscles to control a computer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and I was reading also about, um, so there's a, uh, there's a, a gentleman in IndyCar racing, uh, Sam Schmidt, who, I mean, <laughs> he was, had to get IndyCar well, racing in no, here, didn't you? He I know, he I was, know. Uh, he, he was injured, uh, he was injured in a crash of the speedway that left him paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. And he has gone on to form his own team and, uh, he's partnered with McLaren. Um, and as a result of working with McLaren, which has a lot of technology at their disposal, they figured out how to how to equip a Corvette so that he could go on track with it. And this is a guy who can't he can only move his head, yeah. but they've got interfaces where he can control the gas, brake, steering. Like he completely runs the car, driving it at speed competitively. Yeah. And it's really incredible. And he's talked about how even you know wow. ten years ago none of that would have been possible. Yeah. And. It's just, it's amazing what it is possible for people to do because of technology. And, and clearly you're at the forefront of that. Yes. Are there any other like exciting innovations you've seen recently that are, are particularly exciting for you? I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really had much time to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to research. Um, Hashtag entrepreneur life. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Cause we're, we're currently 12 years out on projects. That's how, mm. that's yeah. just, how in demand we are. Yeah. Well, there's so, that, that. Oh, oh sorry. No, go ahead, Joe. No, I was just going to say one of the things I happen to know about you is last night you pip, you pipped, you pipped, <laughs> you pipped, you pi pitched. Oh, my Lord, that is yeah. hard. You pitched in the John Papa John Venture School yes. competition. And what happened? Uh, we made the top five finalists that Final are going to tonight. Yes, wow. which I knew was going to happen the moment I met Dustin, quite honestly, and he started sharing his passion for his product and what he was doing and all the reasons why. I was not at all surprised that that happened, but I still did jump up a little bit down, up and down and scream when you told me what happened. So um, tonight, no pressure, but you need to win, dude. That's a lot of pressure. I know. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> like, there's a lot of good businesses yeah, out there. there and there is, yeah. You know, yeah. you brought up an interesting point earlier. We're asking you about innovation and what you hope to do. And you said that you're just so overwhelmed with a lot of, you know, just kind of trying to keep the business going. That brings up a good question that I think a lot of entrepreneurs face, people mm -hmm. who work in innovation um, as a general rule, which is how do you balance pushing forward, trying something that is seems kind of exciting and experimental and you want to put more time to it. And at the same time, remembering the bottom line and keeping the business together and not getting so forward with this exciting idea that you're forgetting to do the things that keep the doors open. How do you find that balance, especially when you're working in an industry that is always forward thinking and there's always innovation happening? How do you find that balance between innovation and just keeping the business running? So uh, for us, we're a little different. So we do have a nonprofit side that uh, helps kind of keep our underlying doors open, um, which goes back to our main mission is it's, it's always the customer. So it's always their next project. So no matter what it is, we'll get to it. Um, so that kind of helps. Now, if we didn't have that nonprofit side, 
I think we'd have to restructure a little and, and kind of think things a little more seriously mm -hmm. um, to make sure that we we're able to keep serving those individuals. Yeah. So th is this your first Entrefest? This is. All right. And now I'm assuming that Venture School kind of brought you here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But you've been able to, you came last night. Yep. You were hanging around. You came to our keynote this morning. What do you think so far? I think it's really good. Yeah. I have uh, pretty excited for the rest of the day and tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what kind of sessions are you going to go to the rest of the day? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. I, I got them all in my calendar, though, yeah. so I don't forget. Yeah, and that's why I love our app. We use this app called yes. Whova that allows you to kind of go in and pick your sessions and set an agenda, and it's pretty amazing. The so. worst thing that happens is when there's two sessions you really want to oh go to, and they're both at the same it's, time. That's the worst. Yes. It's the worst. I uh, And it'll be like, uh, there's, there's here's this period, and you're like, yeah, okay, okay. And then there's this one, and you're like, there's three different ones I want to go to, yeah. and they're all, th and then you have to wait, well, I could go to like 10 minutes of the first one I and know. then duck out, yeah. or I could just say, you know what, we're just going to go with this one. Um, I, I will say, I'm so glad that we're back in person, yeah. and that is wonderful. But one cool thing about when we were virtual was that you could see one, and then yeah. you could watch the video of the one you missed. I was just oh, thinking so about that. I kind of missed that yeah. a little like bit. If we could find one plus of the pandemic, that was probably it for me. That and getting a chocolate Labrador puppy. But beyond that, like it was the it was the Entrefest recordings. <laughs> but I mean, but that said, I mean that's a wonderful problem to have. I yeah. mean, if if you're sitting there going, there's so much interesting stuff that I can't decide which one I yeah. want to go to. Yeah. That that's actually not yeah. a bad problem to have. It's not a bad problem to have. Um, so if people wanted to get in touch with your business or get in touch with you, how would they do that? Uh, the easiest way is. Facebook, okay. um, but we do have a website at abilitytech.org. Okay. That's and I assume all your social links are off of oh, that yeah. as well. So, yep. okay, great. I mean, don't take this the wrong way, dude, but I'm totally going to stalk your yeah. stuff now because I am, yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm a total nerd about this kind of technology. So yeah. I would love really to, is. I'd love to read more about this. I've, yeah. I mean, I, I wrote a play about this, yeah. you know, I knew I'm that Rob would geek out with you. I'm guess, totally, so, oh my God. Yeah. 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 You gotta, we're, we're going to go for like three hours talking about yeah. like technology. If, if you don't stop me. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dustin. It's been great having you. came and did this. Yeah. Very excited to have Emily Steele with Hummingbirds Thanks here today. So, so lovely. Emily, you just came off of launch night last yeah. night. How did it go for you, given the presentation for Hummingbirds in front of, uh, was that the first official presentation of the company or had you done anything like that before? I've done a few million cups, so I yeah. had kind of like a taste, but this was like, you know, theater production level. I'd been working on that pitch since September, so I was super excited. I felt like it went great. Yeah, yeah. Fun. Well, it was really, really fun. And I, I worked with you on the video that went before that. So I got a chance to talk with you about hummingbirds right. before. And, you know, it, it's, it's such a fascinating concept. And one of the best ways to get your heads around it was actually something you said in that video okay. where you said that people really rely on what other people's recommendations mm -hmm. are for businesses. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you're looking for a good place to go eat in downtown Des Moines, you're not gonna look to see what Kim Kardashian had to say about Des Moines. <laughs> Believe you're it or not. Ask, you're gonna ask your friends. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, that that's it, in a nutshell. It's like, it's taking the concept of influencers mm -hmm. and bringing it to a local level rather than a worldwide one that you yeah. usually see on Instagram. So yeah. can you talk a little more about how you landed on that business model and then how you built it from an idea into what it is now? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I vividly remember this moment where I fell in love with an oat milk latte. 
like oat milk was becoming a thing in 2018, at least in Des Moines, it's probably way cooler on the yeah. coast. Barbie, I knew you were my people. I yeah. also fall in love with and coffee. Clear, oat milk latte, oat not milk. an oatmeal not, latte. Not oatmeal, not goat <laughs> milk. Totally, I'm the kind of guy that would be like, oh, this isn't working. I put oatmeal in here and it just doesn't if taste If you are right. putting so coffee in your oatmeal, we need to chat. I had That's a baby actually. three months ago okay. at this you point. Should. I have no idea what I'm doing in the morning. As long as I'm moving, yeah. it's a victory. But I'm with you, you now that we've said that, I do feel like coffee could go in anything, so why yeah. not try it? Let's so, go. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Anyway, so back milk, to your story. I'm sorry. Yeah. See, okay. sorry. I fell in love with an oat milk latte and decided I was just going to share about it on Instagram because I'm like, people need to know. People <laughs> yes. need to know there is an alternative to almond and soy, and this is better. Clearly, yeah. I needed to know. Yes, I would have put did. oatmeal in there. I know. Oh, God. So here I go posting on social, and I start watching some friends, acquaintances, whether they were like old coworkers or my old neighbors or people I just know in Des Moines. We're like, oh, I'm going to go try. So they go try. They post about it. They tell me over Instagram. They're like, you're right. This is so good. Have you tried it iced? I'm like, no, let me go tell you about it next. <laughs> right? Like I just, I love social media because it's just a fun way to share what you're up to and connect just cool things happening. And so I was doing this, watching my friends be influenced, but I would never consider myself an influencer and wanting that type of career. And like, right. I'm, not, I'm not anti, I'm not pro. I'm just like, that's not for me. And so I was like, but I know... <laughs> My friends are also influencing me in the same way, whether they're like going to an upcoming festival and sharing that post on Instagram or, you know, or getting a cute outfit exactly. from a store. You're like, where'd you get that? Where'd I mean, we're that? always yes. asking our friends that we're yeah. always doing it. Yeah. And it's driving sales. And so for me, I was like, how do we do this more strategically? Word of mouth works so well in local communities. How do you just make it a little more strategic? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the question I had wanted to answer in 2018. So I just started reaching out to some friends who were influencing my day-to-day -day decisions. I was like, let's get together and let's do like a test run with my friend who has a cookie company. So we all get these cookies. I was like, make them Des Moines themed and we'll just like make a post about how awesome Des Moines is and like we'll tag her brand. And, and I asked her, I'm like, please tell me, like, do you get more followers? Do you get sales? Yeah. And she did. Like this stuff works. And I'm like, I think I might be able to build a business around this. Because at that time, and my background's in marketing, so I was just like obsessed with following all the trends and things happening. So influencer marketing was exploding. But I was like, that's, sure, I follow some influencers. I've been influenced by the Kim Kar Kardashians of the world or whatever, but every single day. I think we need day, someone else other than Kim Kardashian like, to who's use it as an be, example. Though? I know, I know, sorry. See, that was a squirrel moment for me. I just... <laughs> What can I mean, we do, and Kim can do her thing. That's fine. But we, there's other role models, right? Like there are <laughs> Kanye, for example. We could do Kanye. <laughs> yeah, Kanye. That's the better choice. He's like yeah. celebrity. I feel like Kim K came from. Well, she had a show. Anyway, either we way, can we yeah, can work sorry, on a better yeah, option. Yeah, well. um, <laughs> but I just started trying this out with different brands, and I can I could do not. It was just like the amount of people and companies that came and saying like, we want this, like we get it we want to do this and don't have any way of finding these people. If you're brokering the relationship and you have them just hanging out in a community, like we want to act, we just want to use what you have. I'm like, cool. So it's kind of the origin story. So you worked in marketing. So, you know, you probably know the pain as well as I do of <laughs> when you're working for a company and the boss says, we need to make a viral video, go yeah, make like, me a viral video and have it take off. And it's like, you don't understand how viral works. It's right. organic and it, you, you can't make that okay. happen. Um, so, and one of the reasons that it seems like influencers are successful is because their voices are viewed as authentic, mm -hmm. that they aren't trying to pull one over on you or sell you something, even though ironically they are. Yeah. But, but, but that authenticity is what makes it work. 
as you built this business, how do you walk that that kind of tricky balance between keeping the voice authentic and yet still basically helping people to sell mm -hmm. something where if they didn't hire you to help them, they wouldn't get as much attention. And yet the message that you're putting out doesn't sound like corporate speak. It sounds real and it sounds authentic and people who are saying it really mean it. How do you achieve that balance? So I think a really important thing to note about this business model is that hummingbirds sign up knowing they're not going to get compensated for partnerships because they're not trying to build an influencer career mm -hmm. or everyday people like you and me who are like, cool, I can get free pizza if I talk about it and share my experience. Great. So these aren't people who are naturally salespeople or like thinking about that strategy, like in a way that maybe influencers are because that gets them more brand deals over time. So their content is naturally authentic because they're just like, here's a pizza. They're not like totally trying to curate the image and get like a hundred different angles. It's like, yo, I'm just out with my friends and taking a picture with this pizza. Like, here's the brand, here's what I enjoyed. And I think that's the key in the success of this is really, it is a perks-based program. If people want to do paid influencer marketing, there are hundreds of other influencer platforms. We're about that organic, authentic, everyday person type of content. Mm -hmm. Well, in your presentation, you were talking about future plans for the company and mm -hmm. it's super ambitious. Like your, your five-year plan where you want to have hummingbirds be, um, it's, and I am super excited because I think that you have a ton of potential to make that happen. Like, I wish you all could see Rob no, right now. See, for like, those like, of you who aren't in the audience, he's like literally shaking with excitement. I, it's so cool. <laughs> it, it's really neat. Yeah. But, like, but like, you know, sometimes you see people like, well, in five years, we're going to be here. And I'm like, okay, sure. It's good yeah. for you. Yeah. Yours, I was like, no, I can see that happening because yeah. the business model makes total sense. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but can you kind of talk about uh, where you're hoping the company will go and kind of describe the same story that you told last night at launch night. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to share something a little different because I think it helps put this into perspective a little bit more too. What we're building is a marketplace and the individuals who are in the marketplace, this isn't like inventory. These are real, like real people with digital profiles. So first of all, it's easy to scale something like that because you just sign up, you integrate to your social accounts. So there's that. Um, but I think about the brands like Yelp and Groupon who have a place-based expansion strategy. They can mm -hmm. offer, yeah. you know, you're not gonna offer ads if you aren't, there aren't dozens of businesses in that city for Yelp, for example. And so I think, when I think about our expansion strategy, it's like just really ensuring when we go to a new city, we find those social media enthusiasts, about usually 50 to 100 is what we're looking for. They are so easy to find on Instagram because for us at least, because we know exactly what to look for. We've been working with these types of people for the last three years. So we find them, we're like, you are awesome. You clearly love Omaha. You wanna come support small businesses and get some perks. They're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's not, there's no friction to sign up because what's the worst thing that happens? You never get a partnership. So for us, so far as we have expanded, it's like we set up a, a Hummingbirds account. Right now, an example is Omaha Hummingbirds. And we just start creating content about Omaha and the people sign up. And it's, it's oversimplified. There's obviously more that goes into it. and. You know, we, we're building the hummingbird supply part of the marketplace. The next is really like working with those small businesses to get them on the platform. That's the next thing we get to kind of figure out how, how that works. Do we need someone boots on the ground in that community? Can the hummingbirds just drive the sales because they're like telling all their small business friends about it. That's what we're in the middle of fundraising for to figure out. So, but I do think like <clears throat> we can be like the Yelp Groupon type of caliber but for local social influence. Yes, and one of the things that I really love about Hummingbirds is 
the really positive nature of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, aside from not just the supporting local business aspect, but the fact that you're bringing in people who are specifically recommending things that they like. And so you, you're talking about comparing to Yelp. Honestly, one of the things that frustrates me about Yelp is the people <laughs> who go on there to tear down a local yeah. business who, who are like, oh, let me tell you all about my terrible experience with this company. Right. You know, I, they, they can't. And, like, and it's just, and it's really, and then people all gravitate to those negative reviews. And, oh, it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm like, no, I yeah. mean, you know, if I, I love reading good things about local businesses yeah. and the fact that hummingbirds, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. if, if somebody is like, I'm going to be a hummingbird, but I'm going to rip on this. Yeah, no, you're not. There's no place for you at Hummingbirds no. if that's yeah. what you're going to do. And that's what, I mean, so many people, when they go on to an app like a Yelp or, yeah. or for employment, like a Glassdoor yes. or something like that, like, or as a university professor, a rate my professor, which oh, is the yeah. worst. Oh, but either way, so uh, it's awful. But so either way, I've never gone on to that site, by the way. I will never go on to that okay. site. I don't want to know what my students are saying. What if it's all really amazing? I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather not know. I get enough direct communication yes. that tell me how like, amazing I am. No, <laughs> no, but either way, I think, you know, people are more likely when they have a complaint to go out to a site like that. That's what we've been programmed for. Yeah. Is that True. if you want to wave people off, go to Yelp, go yep. to Glassdoor, go to yep. this, like warn, like it's a warning system yeah. versus a promotion system. Yeah. Like, nobody's like going that. to Yelp yeah. to figure out the best place to eat. They're like, well, let me read up on this one and make right. sure there's yeah. no red flags on it. Yeah. And I think that is an important distinction that to really understand why this is so incredible of a business model, and I'm biased, but um, <laughs> if you think about Yelp, you're going there with intent. And yeah. I think consumers making decisions with intent are saying, I'm in a new city, I wanna know the best place for breakfast, I'm going to Yelp to decide. When someone is influenced by a hummingbird or just an everyday person, you don't even know you're gonna go to this breakfast spot the next day, but you saw your friend post about it and you're like, I've never seen hash browns that look that good, right? And all yeah. of a sudden you're talking to your friends, you're like, hey, did you see Emily went over to that? Have you heard of this? And I think that is where consumer behavior is shifting so dramatically. It's like the traditional consumer has intent to buy. A connected consumer is more of an emotional, in the moment decision maker. Yeah. And once brands understand how powerful that is, that's when they start using that word of mouth, ambassador, peer-to-peer -peer marketing strategy. That's yeah. absolutely true. I, I remember just like a month ago, I saw on my newsfeed, somebody was talking about there was this store in Czech Village yeah. that was selling like vintage 80s jackets. And I was like, what? What? Yeah. I am going there, right? Like I yeah. made a trip to yeah. go there. And then this wasn't an ad, like the yeah. business didn't advertise. It was yeah. like a friend was like, look, I got my 80s Miami Dolphins shirt. And I was yeah. like, oh how gosh. does that exist? And I don't know about it. And I went, yeah. I was so excited. Did you get a jacket? Um, they, they, they were sold out on the one I wanted, but they had, and they had a Michael Jordan shirt, but it was oh. like, it was, it was used and it was, yeah. it was pretty beat up. And I was like, I love, I love you, Jordan, but, but not that badly. But, but it's on my radar now. And I yeah. know anytime You'll that I back. go to Czech Village, I'm like, I'm gonna go in there yeah. and see if they've got anything new and interesting and yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get it. Yeah. And you know, so I grew up in an incredibly small town. Like mm -hmm. my small town would fit like on the block that we're seeing right now in front of us on the Ped Mall. That's where I grew up. And when I hear you describe your business, I am almost always immediately taken back to that environment because that's, that is exactly how it was. You'd be like, 
hey Rob, I need like I need someone to come fix the roof on my house. Like who who'd you use for your roof mm-hmm. repair? Mm-hmm. It's that kind of referral system because I trust Rob. I know Rob. He's like yeah. if he had a bad experience, I'm not gonna use that guy, but if he had a good experience, yep. I'm gonna use that guy, right? So mm-hmm. You know, and I think so many, so many small businesses, and I own a small business. It, that word of mouth is so invaluable. Like yeah. I would say, a large percentage of my clients have come to me because another client has recommended them. It's and so powerful in local like, communities. Yeah, and so that's why I always get like anytime I go somewhere, I'm like, I love this business. I put something out mm-hmm. because I'm like, this, this is something cool. Yeah. And if like value my opinion or don't, I'm still gonna put them out there. Like I don't give. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't care. We're not supposed to curse on the New Book <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry, New Book oh But um, <laughs> wow. I didn't hear anything. Did you hear anything? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So, so I want to shift gears just a little bit because we're sitting here at Entrefest. Yes, is this your first Entrefest? It is. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I'm so, so, what excited. do you think so far? So, what a blast to kick it off to with launch day and just such an invigorating audience. It's just seeing people show up for entrepreneurship. We special ordered the weather too. Oh, yeah, so. my, oh gosh, my gosh, right. Gorgeous. Isn't this like insane? <laughs> yeah. And to be in this part of Iowa City, like it's so, it's just really inspiring. Yeah. I feel like this, the friendly nature of every single person here is just like there's support. The energy yeah. here is like contagious. It's so it positive. Mm-hmm. I can't describe it unless like you're here, you'd be able yeah. to feel it. Do you yeah. feel it? She's like, yeah. 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 So Hummingbirds is in Des Moines now. When's Hummingbirds coming to Cedar Rapids, Iowa City? I knew this was gonna, this was the question I was like, everyone's gonna ask me <laughs> gotcha. this. Yeah, this you're is like, the gotcha interview right? moment. Yeah. So when are you gonna be here? But but even if you aren't, you yeah. have virtual ambassadors too, right? Yes. Okay, so why don't you talk about both of those pieces? Yes, so essentially the plan is to really understand what it takes to get a new community off the ground. Is it as simple as setting up an Instagram? Because if that's the case, we can scale so quickly. Um, if it takes more manpower, then I think it's really just a matter of us saying like, okay, let's calculate it like part as part of our investment strategy, where can we go? Like this is a really, really great size community to be in. So I would predict in the next year. But I'm yeah. not gonna promise yeah. because that feels very bold on a podcast. No yeah. Problems. But like and, it's and then yeah. it's recorded and people will I quote know. you and, and all those things. So this yeah. is me saying don't quote me. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's I mean, I think we, we definitely have a rich and vibrant market. We've got a great small business, yes. you know, market here between Cedar Rapids and Iowa City, an amazing creative market mm-hmm. between these two spaces. Like I just I can't even get over how amazing that is. So um, can we push up that timeline? No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, but I do I do think that there there is a lot of opportunity and you do have so many markets you could potentially go into that have yeah. that same kind of opportunity. Totally. And that's what's so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting here in the Midwest where yeah. people are like, oh, the Midwest, what are you gonna, you're gonna influence corn? <laughs> yeah, you mm-hmm. know, like, I mean, you, you get those kinds of stupid jokes. Yeah. But in reality, and I've shared this story before, like I've gone to conferences and I say, like I'm working in entrepreneurship in Iowa and they're like, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, no, seriously, there's like there's stuff going some on. amazing stuff. And then yeah. I share like just the little bit of things that I am touching and yeah. they're like, oh, you're like, what do you, you think, know? What? Like, what do you think we're go- is going on there? Like, you've <laughs> met farming? me. Yeah. What, like, I'm not a farmer. Like, what do you think is happening yes. in Iowa? It's fascinating. So, you know, I do think in the Midwest, like, you're doing something really special that people do tend to attribute to, like, the yeah. Kim Kardashians of the world yeah. until we come up with a better example. <laughs> but one of the questions I've always been teasing at my mind since I first heard you mm-hmm. talk about this is how do you build trust with mm-hmm. those local influencers? Because I'll tell you, 
I get requests constantly. Mm. Rep our brand. Oh, yeah. Do this. Do that. Oh, you have the most adorable dogs. Would you do our mm-hmm. dog collars? You know, like these mm-hmm. kinds of things. And I'm just like, I, I don't know you. Yeah, we don't do that. Yeah. We're so how do you super, build that? Our approach is super manual. And yeah. it's all about genuine connection. I think that's what all those brands miss. And they're like, yeah. you like our jewelry? Be a brand rep. I'm like, you copied and pasted. That's fine. But if I find someone who I'm like, I love the way you show up and support like these small businesses. I actually share that in a DM. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, Christina, like I really appreciate what you do. I think it's really interesting. We're building this platform. If it speaks to you, if it sounds cool, like would love to see you sign up. Like it's just super approachable, which has been the whole brand. It's my personality. And like that authenticity, it just it's yeah. what drives people yeah. to sign up. And I'm sure there are skeptical people for sure, right? Yeah. Like Who's this Iowa chick coming to like our city and doing this yeah. thing? But I mean, I did a. Who's this Iowa chick not to come to your city I, yeah. and do this thing? I Heck mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, I yes. went to Milwaukee to do like a little soft launch. Turns out I went like in the middle of a blizzard. So we had five people come, but it was, <laughs> you know, to me, I was like, holy cow, five people who don't know anyone in this room, like just were like, <clears throat> I'm willing to come and learn and like be part of this thing. So I think what's interesting, if you look at influencer platforms, you're not part of something, you're part of a platform. When you're Hummingbird, you're part of something that you feel like you're making a difference in. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such a key differentiator in how we build this brand to be massive because people, like the pride our Hummingbirds have, they have hats, they have their stickers, they wear them on, like, I've overheard some people talking about hummingbirds and they don't know me, but they're part of the community and the way they talk about it. I'm just like, they, they're actually like pumped to be calling themselves a hummingbird. Yeah. I didn't know I was building that when I started. Right. I was just kind of like yeah. the cool community. It's a business name, but now right? it's like a, an identity it for is, people. And that is like, Oh my gosh, that is so cool. I well, just they're, love that. They're yeah. building a community, not just, not just building the hummingbird community, but you yeah. know, they're building the community of, of yeah. Des Moines, they're they're strengthening yeah. the business community yep. by saying, "Hey, go look at this, go check this out." And especially, you know, post COVID, when yeah. people are finally starting to go out again, yeah, this is incredibly helpful for people to be like, "Oh, yeah. I should go." I mean, like I said, the example for me, I mm-hmm. wasn't going to even go down to the Czech Village, and then mm-hmm. a friend was like, "You need to go see this place," and I made a special trip to go. So that's you know. That, I assume that that's what's happening with the hummingbirds in Des yeah. Moines, where people are like, I wasn't going to go out this Friday night, but mm-hmm. these people are saying that this place is really cool and I should check it out. Yeah. And I trust their judgment. So why don't we go? Yeah. And that's, so we true. just talked about um, with Rob Williams of Iowa SourceLink, mm-hmm. um, not Iowa SourceLink, he's with SourceLink National, but there is okay. an Iowa SourceLink. Okay. <laughs> Either way, Rob was on our podcast, the one that we released last week, and we were talking about that, just the way the pandemic really influenced even further that emphasis on the local, the small, the, you know, Mm -hmm. build your community because your neighbor needs you. Like that kind of um, almost hearkening back to World War II kind Mm -hmm. of investment, Mm -hmm. you know, in in local. And that's a weird analogy to draw, but I'm doing it anyway. Um, (laughs) You're right, though, because because also people have become really savvy. You know, it used to be that if you saw an ad on TV, man, that's true. And now, you know, people are much... 
they're they're much more skeptical yeah. about what they're seeing. Yeah. We don't trust marketing the same way we exactly, used to. Exactly, exactly. And don't. so people are turning to, well, I trust you. I know yeah. you. We have a personal relationship. Yeah. So if mm-hmm. you say this is good, I'm going to believe you a whole lot more than you know this TV spot that's really flashy. But yeah. you know, or or I'm watching a YouTube video and a video There's comes on and I'm like, just shut up and let me get onto my video. Yeah. I don't even want to watch this. Five, yeah. four, three. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Seth Godin call it permission marketing? Because you've opted yeah. in to hearing from this person. Yes. You don't opt in to hearing any other form of advertising for the most part. So when you're hearing it from a friend, yeah, it's that trust. Like, and I think what you said about traditional advertising, I think like statistics show maybe like 84%, don't quote me on that, of millennials specifically don't trust traditional ads. And I'm like, that, I mean, all of these things stack up to show that there is a huge shift. I just really believe like, Powerful advertising in the beginning of its time was word of mouth, right? And local communities because we weren't globalized at that point. And then it turned to this mass advertising, mass marketing. Let's catch everyone and grab everyone on radio and as far as we can. And I really think it's coming back to like that peer influence. Mm-hmm. And I, ju- I, I sense that's where it's going. So you can yeah. quote me on that because if I'm right... <laughs> And you, really are in the, <laughs> yeah. you are in the perfect position yeah. to be, uh, yeah. be on the forefront that. of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I sent Alex Taylor, yes. who is the managing director of the Iowa Startup Accelerator, and I said, hey, go find one of your founders yeah. and let's interview them on the podcast. And he came back with one of the big fishes. So I said this earlier. I was totally not kidding. That's how I see you. I think you are definitely a jewel in our ISA crown. I don't know where I came up. I don't know where. Where does this stuff come from my brain? I like, like it. Super I, I'm like seeing the crown and I, I want one. Where can I get one? And I, I know. Okay. So there's a small jewelry store just down there. Okay, there. <laughs> you know what it's called? Yeah, this is what we should be doing on the yeah, podcast. Just I be know, pitching right? businesses. I know. No, but I, I am really glad that you're available Thanks. and willing to do this with us. We do. I mean, we as Nuboco love you. We think you're obviously amazing. We love what you're doing. Um, we really want you to come to the rest of the state of Iowa, like every single town. Yes. yes. Um, because that's our mission. So Absolutely. we want you to come with us. But I do, I thank you a lot for just being willing to mm-hmm. connect people on this really authentic level. I, I just, that me is so meaningful to me. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. So people who are listening to this, uh, who I assume by now are like, this is amazing. I need <laughs> yeah. to how do I more. do it? Yeah. How do, they, how do they learn more? Where do they find out about hummingbirds? Yeah. So you can go to the hummingbirds.co. And I think one of the best places I like to send someone to just get a full picture of like what it looks like to be a specific city hummingbird is go to Instagram at DSM hummingbirds. It just mm-hmm. kind of gives like a snapshot of, the types of partnerships, the type of content creators, our hummingbirds, to just kind of see what it, like what that looks like after a few years of being in action. And, you know, if you want to reach out over email to just say like, when are you planning to be in my city? Or like, can I get on the wait list? We've just, I try to collect those emails and names of people who are like very excited to, for us to go to St. Louis or wherever it is. So when we're ready, I can just reach out to them. So you know what my favorite full circle moment is going to be a few years from now? But it's going to be when Hummingbirds has blown up so big yeah. that Kim Kardashian becomes one. That she's like, I want to be on your platform. She's going to be like, I want to be a hummingbird. How can I become a hummingbird? Yeah. Like, you need can I get free pizza? Like, I get why that would be amazing, but it also makes me a little <laughs> nauseous. I have to, I'm just, I can't help Maybe it. Maybe she could be an investor. I don't know. Like, let's no, like, <laughs> yeah, take her money, dude, all day long. Heck yeah. 
Yeah. You know, we're, we're hacking on Kim Kardashian, but in fairness to Kim, didn't she graduate from law school? Yeah. Like, isn't she like yeah. making I, an effort? And to, doesn't everybody know her God blessed name? So why? Yeah. We're just jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I like Kim K. I, I, I think she's an intelligent, smart woman. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the presence and some of the, the stuff that surrounds her is ugly, yeah. but you guys are right. There is a legitimacy there that yeah. I should not be knocking. Women shouldn't tear down other women. We got this. So, yes, we do. <laughs> well, thank you, Emily, yes. so much for coming on. It's so great to reconnect with you and hear more about your story. Thank I you. love that. So, Thanks for having really me. really appreciate oh, you on the podcast. All right. Thanks so much to our guests today. We had Dustin Rhodes, we had Emily Steele, and then we had Brian Carter from My Master Good join us. Super excited to have had these conversations. I know I got a lot out of all of them. Remember, you can find their contact information. The easiest path, go to entrefest.com, go to the speakers, and you'll find their information linked there. So, hey, if you love the show, this was our final episode of the season. We actually have one more part to this final episode coming up. But after that, we'll be planning season two, rolling it out shortly. But in the meantime, subscribe. Leave us a review because we're excited to see you for season two and we could use your feedback as we shape things up. You can also visit our blog, newbo.co slash blog, to find key takeaways summarized and detailed. This podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Media Group. For more information, go to lasmediagroup.com. And you know what? We would love it if you think about making a donation to Nuboco. We are a nonprofit, and your contributions to us help us continue to serve innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs all across the state of Iowa. If you want to learn more, visit nubo.co slash donate. I hope y'all tune in to part two of this episode where we get to hear how Dustin fared in the Venture School Pitch Competition. Yeah, plus we have, some, we have some great guests on our second part as well. And we, we were only expecting to do one episode here at EntreFest, but we just ran into so many interesting people who all had great stories to tell that uh, finally by the end of day one, we were like, we've got to do two episodes because yeah. this is great. We're getting some really good stuff. So please join us for our next episode. And we'll see you there. See ya.